here we are, kind of doing some solo time, you know. After I take you through 12 weeks in First Peter, you need some solo time, you know what I'm saying? We were talking about persecution and suffering. And then my friend Mike Mason and I, we went up to uh, Birmingham, the Church of Brook Hills, and we're with John Piper. And, and y'all think I'm intense? I don't even know what the word intense means. Dude, he was just like, da, 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 da. and it was good. And we went through First Peter, like, where were you, brother, 12 weeks ago when I started? Okay, here we go. Yeah, let's go. Here we are, Book of Numbers. Turn over there with me. Uh, somewhere around uh, chapter 13, 14, then it'll go in over to Joshua 14. How, ma- how many of you know the Bible's not written in exact order of how things happen? Anybody figure that out yet? Let me tell you, give you a little clue. They have a thing called a chronological Bible you can buy. It might be kind of cool. But the way we find them in sequence in our scriptures, it doesn't always like, you're like, you're reading this story and then like you don't hear it. And then you go back over to Joshua and like it finishes. It, it, it's, you know, only a God like ours. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to show you some images, and I want you. I want to talk about dynamic duos today. Here it is. Let's look at the first one. Batman and yeah, okay, you're saying I came to church for that. Okay, let's look at the next one. Tells me a lot about you, dumb and dumber. Okay, let's go. Here we go. Yeah, y'all, you '70s people, Laverne and Shirley. Oh, it's so cute. All right, let's look at the next one. I'm so glad y'all in church today. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh, cheats and tongue, baby. Uh-huh, you shouldn't know who that is. All right, let's go to the next one. How many of you girls wanted to be Cher? <laughs> and if your boy wanted to be Cher, we got a counseling session this afternoon. Okay, let's look at the next one. Bonnie and Clyde. Some of you are like, I don't know, man, a bunch of old people. All right, here we go. Got something for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Tom and Jerry. All right, let's look at the next one. Oh, man, sidekick Barney. I love him, man. There we go. Oh, Ken and Barbie. Yeah, whatever. All right, let's go. I hate my granddaughter's not in here. She would have known that one. There you go. Don't you just love them? Man, I love it. And I think that's it. Okay. You're saying why do you do that? I was trying to fill her. No, no, no. I got plenty to preach. I could preach for hours. But here's the deal. I want to tell you about a biblical duo. His name's Joshua. His name's Caleb. And when you read about their life story and you learn about what they were about in the process of what God had for them, wow, they were dynamic. They had strong, amazing, overwhelming, conquering faith. They're, they're worthy of our mention this morning. They're worthy of our study. So I just wanted to kind of set it up a little different way of just thinking that uh, they refuse to live like everybody else. You ever hear this? Some people say, you know, back, back then, in the good old days, like, when is the good old days? I, here's what I've learned about the good old days. I forget all about all the pain and all the suffering. <laughs> I forget about all the junk. I just remember the highlights many times. In the good old days, there there was challenges. And here in this particular biblical story of an ancient text that we're looking at in Numbers, there were some good old days, but there were some junky days. There were some, let me just go ahead and say, there were some crappy days. You know what I'm saying? Wandering around in the wilderness with a bunch of whiners and murmurers and complainers and turn to the person next to me. You better not do no murmuring with me. No complaining. Just turn and tell the person next to you. No more whining, baby. No more complaining. All right, I just, thought I'd, I just thought I'd mess you all up. Here we go. God is relentless, 
in his pursuit of us in his calling. This morning, Jeff opened with a great song, Relentless. We sing it here. Relentless. I love that word. Basically, when you look at it, it's incessant, it's unceasing, it's endless. Relentless Father. Relentless God. That pursues me. He's overwhelmed with me. And he invites you and I into the marvelous light of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that good news? He's relentless. And over here in the book of Numbers and Joshua, as we'll look at this morning, Spurgeon would say, the hound of heaven, baby, he's pursuing you. Now, some people would go, yeah, the hound of heaven, that sounds like you're not really bringing honor to the Father. I think it is. Because a hound will pursue things and God pursues us. God is crazy about you this morning. I tell you that often because I want to remind myself of the faithfulness of the Father. I want to remind you of the faithfulness of God. Listen to this. In Numbers, turn over there, chapter 13, verses 27 and 30 through 32. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land of which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified, and they're very large. And we even saw descendants of Anak and the Amalekites, and uh, they live in Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and the Termites. No, women, that's not in there. And all them ites. I remember when we studied those in the seminary, I went, man, I'm, I'm getting tired of this ite stuff. They live in the hill country, and the Canaanites, and they live near the sea along the Jordan. And then Caleb silenced the people before Moses, and he said, we should Go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. We got an Eeyore complex. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored. The land explored devours these living in it. All the people saw them. And they're great size. I don't know where that voice just came from. I was not planning to do that, but it just worked. I do it for effect. But you got it, didn't you? You're like, yeah, I'll pay you. Hey, let's take another offer. And if I won't do that voice again, will you give? Okay. Isn't that, isn't that just the way a whiner is, a complainer? Well, like you'll say, man, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, but it's going to rain next Tuesday. And they say it's going to Drown some frogs. Like, what? Get, get out of my car right now. This, this past week in Montgomery, every day I'd get up. Sun was beaming. Beautiful day. Afternoon, dude, I got raincoats and jackets and cars are going underwater. No, that was Houston. Uh, it was just horrible. It's just the way it is. But here's a negative people, a negative report. So much milk and honey here. The milk of goats, the, the honey of dates. He says, this land... Is a fertile land. It's a rich land. It flows with milk and honey. The promised land as we know it. But Joshua and Caleb, they have to wander in, uh, in this land, this wilderness for so long and listen to all this stuff. And then when you get over to Joshua, and I'm going to be back and forth, so it's going to be hard to follow me just to listen to the story. Two old buddies meet up. Joshua's probably 100 Caleb's how old? 85, isn't he? He's an old geezer. Can y'all just say old geezer? And they meet up. Have you ever met up with an old friend? 
that you haven't seen for a while. Maybe a college roommate. Maybe somebody from 10, 20, 30 years ago, and there's a great joy. Well, I want you to look on the screen. You don't know this person, but I do. It was my dad. Now, ignore the drinks and the cigarette. My dad was a character, and he came to Jesus. I led him to Christ eight years before he died. But I want you to read the caption. This is in 1979, the year Don and I got married. World War II buddies meet for the first time since 1945. My dad was 17 years old. He was a star athlete. He went off to, they, took, they took people out of the school then to go off and fight the war. He came home, finished high school, and signed a football scholarship at Auburn University. When my dad was 17, 18 years of old, he was uh, in severe infantry, and it was rough. Dad wouldn't even talk about the war. It was so horrible. This man on the left, his name is Les. My dad saved Les's life in World War II as a teenager. He loaded him up and got him out of the country to come home. And my dad was just a teenager. I, I never could understand. I remember when I was 17, 18, I, think, I can't believe fighting for my country. And my dad and him talked every year. In 1979, they decided to do something. They decided to have a reunion in Montgomery, Alabama at our home. Advertiser came out and did a big article. All I know was I met Mr. Les. My dad and him embraced, and it wasn't very long. My dad and him kicked everybody out of the room. <laughs> and they started telling stories. Is that a powerful story? I mean, you can't make up stuff this good. I, I had to go looking for this old clip, and it was all yellow. I brought it in. Somebody said, dude, that's old. Well, you'd be old too, man. That was like 36 years ago. You know what I'm saying? I, anyway, I thought it was cool. But there was a spirit there. The reason I bring that is I'm asking today, God, let the spirit of Caleb fall on this place. When we reunite with old buddies, when we decide to follow God with a whole heart, let the spirit of Caleb infect and rest on this place and the church said that's a good word isn't it church caleb means bold i mean man just uh, uh another word caleb means faithful caleb was a faithful follower of god he was a bold follower of god it also can be translated impetuous because i'm sure he's like peter he probably had some things to say sometimes and he goes, I like his report there, the 12 spies go into the land. And 10 of them come back. Man, it's like really, really bad. They, there is no way. Man, there are giants in there. We're like mere grasshoppers. I don't know. We can't do it. Naysayers. No, no, no. And they go back home. But there's two. There's two. What's their names? Caleb and Joshua. And they go, you know what? They ain't that big. My God's bigger than that. And you know why I'm saying that this morning? There, there are some people in this room, you're believing in the giants. You're letting the giants slay you. You're letting the giants take you down. And God says, man, they're grasshoppers, Bubba. You can overcome them in the strength and the might of Jesus Christ. This battle is the Lord's. He will fight for you. How many of you believe that this morning? That's right, man. That's a good word from Scripture, man. I'm like, God, thank you for that. Another Hebrew word for that would just be, 
They'd call Caleb, dog. Hey, dog, what's going on, dog? It wasn't Randy that used to be on the TV show. Hey, dog, dog. They, 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 that's what it dog. Man, he was just mad, man. He just went for it. He loved God. Numbers 1330. Let's go at once. Take the land. We can certainly conquer it. Don't you love an attitude that says, I will not shrink back. I cannot be dismissed. I will overcome in the might of Christ. So the people there, they were really committed to the cry of the ten naysayers that said, we're too big. We can't go into that land. We'll be annihilated. We, we just can't do it. And Joshua and Caleb said, oh, but we can. We can possess the land. God's told us we can. So they, they, you know, the, the ten, they're trying to appeal to the crowd and everybody's doing it. But listen to Numbers 14, 7 through 9. A land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Can that get in somebody's heart this morning? Don't be afraid. I don't know what you're facing. You're saying, Pastor, I'm facing cancer. Pastor, I'm facing foreclosure on my house. Pastor, I'm facing this. Pastor, I'm facing if I don't get this grade up, they're going to kick me out of this school. God, if I don't do this, I'm a, I don't know where it is in life. There's something you can't do. That's time for a miracle. That's a time to cry on God. That's a time to believe God for some new turf. You know what I'm saying, church? But here, man, I, the crowd threatens them. They want to say, Moses, Aaron, Joshua, Caleb, we're going to stone you, boys. Just go home and read all this story in the fullness, 13, 14, 15. Then you'll get over to Joshua, and you'll just see this great story. But I like what uh, Numbers 14, 24 says. I want you to look down there in your scripture. Numbers 14, 24. I want you to circle this young people. I want you to circle old people. I, I want you to get it in your Bibles. 14, 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, and he follows me wholeheartedly. Caleb was different. Caleb was peculiar. Caleb followed God. He had a different spirit. And I've already said something to somebody this morning in the foyer. I said, I'm praying the spirit of Caleb falls on this place. I pray we get a different kind of spirit, and we don't know limitations, and we only know that we can go and claim new territory in the name of Jesus Christ. But some of you are like, no, I'm just going to believe the old bad report. I don't have a different spirit. Well, you have the potential. You could. Caleb did. Caleb went in and possessed his inheritance. Him and Joshua, the men, the people, they all died. All those people, they didn't go in. The two million, whatever, they all died out there in the desert. They never walked into the promised land, did they, Robbie? They never crossed over. They never got to take it. They never got to occupy it. They died murmuring and complaining and whining. In my prayers today, I don't want you to die whining and missing out when God's got so much more for you. And God's got so much more for this church. How many believe that today? And I want to take new land. Man, I'm getting fired up. I mean, I'm getting 1996 anointing right now. I preach when we open the doors of the church, crossing over Jordan, taking a new land. And I tell you what, man, them old giants and them, them old people, I'm saying, man, you know, I'm just a little grasshopper. I am not a grasshopper anymore. I am a servant of the most high God, and I am a conqueror in Jesus Christ, and I'm going to take the land with you or without you, but I'm going in to possess the land that God has promised to me. God told me when he called me out to plant this church, he says, do not give up for your work will be rewarded from the book of Chronicles. And somewhere along the way, I've gotten a little beat up and I've gotten kind of slammed, not a little bit, a whole bunch of slamming, slamming, slamming. But it's time to rise up and say, Spirit of Caleb, fill this pastor, but fill you. 
This ain't even in my notes, man. This is just free, man. I'm just getting fired up. I mean, I've been studying this all week, man, just chewing and saying, God, I need it. I want to have a different kind of spirit. I want to have a Caleb spirit. Great place to be. Small people. But they had a big God. Do you have a big God this morning? Do you have a God that can part the sea? Do you have a God that can raise Lazarus and Jesus? Do you have a God that can heal you? Do you have a God that can do the impossible? I do. Oh, but these guys are big. Joshua, you know. Uh, you, you get on down there and it says they, they carried these grapes of Iskol and, and, and they were taken. And do you know the, the ministry of tourism today, that's their symbol is the guys hauling the big cluster of grapes. They're still telling the ancient story. I mean, I don't think these were little grapes we buy at Winn-Dixie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm thinking these were some steroid grapes of God. They were serious. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I'd like to have one. How many of you like grapes? If you're not, you're not American. I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're communist. I, no, no, no. Edit that out. I didn't say that. Anyway, just grapes. They're just good. But my wife reminds me, Keith, I know you like grapes, but they got sugar in them, and they're, they're not the healthiest fruit of fruits. I know, but baby, they sure are good. Let's have some more. Okay, all right, here we go. Just some quick characteristics. I'm going to get into these six points. I know you're going, damn, all that for intro? Characteristics of Caleb. Just write, I don't know where you're going to write it. Just humor me, okay? Caleb was a man of vision. And I'm asking God, God, make us a church of vision that we go in and take the land the ten saw in the natural. Caleb and Joshua saw in the supernatural. They had eyes of faith. Caleb was a, uh, he was a man of vision, but he was a man of great faith. Tenacious faith. Faith that would overcome all odds. 1330. Uh, Caleb quieted the people. He let us go at once. Take possession for we were well able to overcome it. See, faith saw the victory. Faith brought the good report. Faith brought the vision into existence, into being. Faith moves people. Faith is active. What kind of faith do you have this morning? Do you have a dead faith? Do you have a dormant faith? Do you have a faith that's kind of gone to sleep and it wakes up occasionally? Or do you have a faith, man, this morning, God, feed my faith? Dr. John Piper said this weekend, he says, man, that's where the devil will attack us is our faith. And what he will do, he will do everything he can to destroy your faith. And God wants to feed your faith. So this morning, one of my premises for this message today is that God would feed and enlarge and expand and deepen your faith in him this morning. Not in man, in him. God, you can do that in this house. You know what Caleb was? He was a man of perseverance. Man, he just kept, you know, all the people murmuring. You're reading the scriptures where they're out there in the desert and they're whining, doing all their thing, and he just endures. He was a man of encouragement. I think he was encouraging the young generations. I love that. Kind of a next generation leader was Caleb. You know, by the time he gets into the promised land, he's a granddaddy. He's an old man. You know, I mean, he's, he's a geezer. Can we just go ahead and tell you? But man, he's got great faith. He's a man of loyalty. He supported Moses. He supported Joshua. He's there doing what God's got for him. He's also, he's a man of war. Oh, man. At the end, he didn't want to just give up and go to the retirement home. He didn't just want to say, hey, somebody give me a gold watch or give me something. He's like, man, I still got something to do. I still got some people to kick. I got some stuff I got to go take. I got to do this in the name of my God. I just love it, man. He was wholly committed. And then the Bible says, when you read over into Joshua, it said he was a man of blessing. That land which he had walked on, God had promised it to him, and he walked and he took possession of the land. Isn't that good news, church? And sometimes, I mean, 
All those years, those decades, I bet it seemed like forever. I bet he just felt like quitting a bunch of times. I bet he felt like Elijah. I'll go up and get up from the juniper tree, and I'll just whine, and I'll complain. But he kept going. He kept persevering. He kept enduring. This morning, is this encouraging anybody but my spirit today? Some of you, you've just sat down. Here, I'm going to sit down now, okay? It won't last, so don't worry. And, you know, they, 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 just, they just sat down. And, they, and these, these old guys, man, they were hanging around. And, and you know, all these other old guys that were there, they ended up dying. And, and you know, and Joshua and Caleb, they, they got to go in, they, and they got to do it. You know, and so Caleb's, you know, probably 85. Joshua's, you know, 100, 100 plus. I, I don't know. He, he, he's just an old dude. And, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to live a no-regret life. I'm going to live a life and I'm going to do what God's told me to do, what he's promised me to do. I know the, the promises of Scripture. Just a side note, but I want you to know, do you know the promises of God? Not the stuff that you want, not the stuff that you think God might want to give you. Do you know the promises of God for your life based on the word of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you walking in these? Are you digging in these? Are you believing God for his promises, saying, God, that is truth. God, that is from the throne of heaven. Lord, your word is alive and active. God, I trust you at your word. Come on, God, bring it to pass in my generation in Jesus' name. So I think, I think today, man, God's got some great stuff. And I'm just thinking, man, this summer... It, it's tough. I've, I've been kind of crazy about it. And then today, I was like, man, this is encouraging. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, people are moving the next few weeks. All right. and, but then people are coming. I'm like, Lord, we're going to take them on a journey. When people get here, I want you to go. We're going on a journey. And I want you to go, there's Pastor. He's, uh, that's my Eeyore voice, okay? It gets on my nerves, too. I want you to go, we're going on a journey. We're going to take the promised land. That means we're going to take Montgomery and the surrounding community for Jesus Christ, and we're going to serve it up that Jesus is Lord, and he's come to redeem a city, not transfer the city from church to church. But how about let's get some new people in the family of God? Yeah, amen. Well, that was my evangelist voice. Okay, anyway, there we are. You're going to be going to hell. No, yeah, 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 yeah. no that's, that's just not who I am. I'm not a screamer but hell's real. That's why we started this church. We wanted to reach people far from the cross of Jesus. So God, give us a Caleb spirit. Tell you what, man, I, I just get excited about preaching about Caleb, and I got some notes here. We, we probably should look at these. You want to do that? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Six steps of faith. Any step of faith begins with the conviction that God is faithful. This morning, that's what I pray you leave here with, is the faithfulness of Jesus. Your faithfulness to him, but he's always been faithful to you. And that he believes in you, and he's for you, and he's fighting for you, and that you look at the obstacles in your way, but you go back to his word, and you go, Lord, this is an account of your faithfulness. And then you look at your life, and if you just happen to be a, pe a person that journals, and you go, Lord, you have been faithful to me. So therefore, I will trust you. There is no other to trust than the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang in there. I'm going to endure you. I'm going to believe with you. Lord, you parted the Red Sea. You raised the dead. You led them by the fire, by the cloud. God, you are amazing. So, Lord, I'm going to plant my foot on your faithfulness. Just go ahead and write that in your notes. God, I'm planting my foot starting this morning in the faithfulness of Christ, in the faithfulness of Scripture. Let's look at the second one today. Any step of faith is rooted in trusting in God's provision for your life. God's provision. I, I believe that God makes provision for his kids. And, and, and here they come out of Cadus Barnea, and, and it says, So Moses swore on that day, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And anyway, he was just telling him basically here, 
Be courageous, Caleb. Be courageous, Joshua, as we see in Joshua. God has promised you something. He is faithful, and he is going to make provision for you. Do you believe this morning that you've just fallen a little bit short of the provision of God, but you know the provision is there, and you're, now you're going to leave here today going, I've got faith, I've got confidence in the Lord God, and I'm going to trust him for the next step of faith. I mean, guys, if, if you're not trusting God, who are you trusting? I know you're trusting. You're trusting yourself. And when I trust myself, I'm pretty fickle. I trust myself. I fail. I fail my family, and I love them so much. I fail you, and I love you. I pray for you all the time. But I will fail. But my God has not ever lost one. My God never fails. My God, I think, I think Jeff's, I think they say it this morning, my God might be able one day. My God might could. If you did, I'd run out of this church going, that is weak. <laughs> my God is able. Yeah, I used to do that, and I had guns. Now I look at it and I'm like, well, I don't know what that is, you know. After a neck injury, six t- <laughs> you thought that was funny, did you? <laughs> well, I used to do the gun show, and people were like, wow, the pastor works out. Now they go, yeah, well, put your arms back down. All right, well, y'all walk up here and show me your arms. All right, hallelujah. <laughs> Where did I get that at? God, help the boy. Help him, Jesus. Oh, my, ne- my third point, I just set myself up. Any step of faith taps into spiritual strength. <laughs> I'm not strong physically anymore. I'm just really not. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you thought that was funny. That, that, was, that was an insult. All right. Uh, no, I'm not. Don't even claim to be. But I want to be spiritually strong. And I don't care if you're the strongest person in the room. I want you to be spiritually strong in Christ. That's what's going to last through the ages. That's what's going to give testimony to Jesus. That's what's going to help other people in their spiritual journey of faith. I told you we're on a journey. You know, but they're saying, Caleb, it's too hard. Giants are big. I'm a grasshopper. I'm a grasshopper. I mean, can, can't you see that? People ought to put that on the back of their car. I got grasshopper faith. <laughs> That's pitiful. We all belong to a cult. No, I got faith in a God that raises the dead. I got a faith in a God that can do the impossible. We'll talk about that in a minute. Third, spiritual strength. Lord, give me this mountain. Lord, you know, you you read through this story of Caleb and Joshua, and it's like, oh, no, he's back. (laughs) He's back. He's back again. Caleb, too. Man, this guy, though, man, he he was steadfast. Man, he was useful. He, he, He believed God he goes, I'm not useless. I might be old. I might be a little tired, but I'm still. Let me just say this to you. Some of you in the room are older. <laughs> okay. And God is not through with you yet. As long as you can draw breath in these lungs, you've got something to offer the king. I'm so tired of people going, Pastor, I'm just so tired. It's just, man, I'm 60 now, I'm 65. I think they ought to go ahead and plant me out back. I'm like, that's pitiful. I hope like this story, when I'm 85, I'm going, I'm going to charge that mountain in Jesus' name. Let's do it. I want to have a Zelda spirit, but I want a more of a Caleb spirit. And <laughs> That'd be scary to have her spirit. And, 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 and I want to charge it, man. I want to be an 85 vibrant. People ask me all the time. Pastor, when you retire, now you, you look at that two ways when you're pastor. Are you ready to get rid of me? But the other side is this. Man, I've already asked God for a 50-year contract as a pastor. That would take me to 73. And then, 
And then, then the fun's going to begin after that. I'm going to continue to just do it in a little different way. I mean, and I, and I'm thinking, what do I want to go retire for? What I want to do, sit on the front porch with a rocker and hold Donna's hand? Say, baby, put my teeth back in. Now, hallelujah. <laughs> Man, I just, everybody, I'm going to play golf. You play golf. I hope you play golf. But, man, I'm going to tell you, I talk to a lot of wealthy people, and they tell me, I don't get kind of tired of it because you don't get tired in the purposes of Jesus. Anyway, that's just a side margin for somebody in this room. Thought they were going to check out and thought, you know. So here it is. You know, spiritual strength. Fourth, any step of faith engages the enemy. Now I want you to hear this word. If you're a spiritual person today, you're a spiritual man, spiritual woman, you're a spiritual teenager, you're a spiritual child, you have an adversary. We talked about it when we went through 1 Peter. And he wants to take away your faith. He wants to destroy your soul. He is not your friend. And this morning I'm praying, God, give me, give our church some God-sized dreams that if you don't show up, it won't be done. But God, if you choose to bless it, if you choose to work, God, we are going to be attacked because I got to tell you, anybody that's walking with Jesus Christ, I believe this, when you decide, Lord Jesus, I'm raising my white flag, I surrender to you. You just became an assault to the enemy. And he says, I got you marked. Man, I've had a target on my back so long. Sometimes I get knocked down and crushed. But in the spirit of Christ, in the spirit of Caleb, I keep rising back up. And that's my, my prayer for you and for me and for our church. Lord, spiritual strength here. Any, it taps into that. Lord, this outcome... It totally depends on you. It's nothing to do with man. It's nothing to do with flesh. God, if you don't come through, it won't happen. But God, if, when I trust in you, believe you, God, we have an opportunity to overcome. We have an opportunity to be victorious. We have a huge opportunity to give Jesus some serious praise. Isn't that what you really want to do with your life? Just praise Jesus. You're saying, well, I really want him to praise me. No, no, that's not part of the deal. Any step of faith. Here it is. See if y'all can identify this. You know when you were in school and there was a little boy, he was crazy. And he was kind of skinny and just goofy, but he was scrappy. And he always wanted to pick a fight. They kind of annoyed, uh, uh, they annoyed you, didn't they? But you kind of, at the end of the day, you kind of go, the boy ain't right, but he's got some, he's scrappy. He's hanging in there. I remember, I, this story just came to me. I was working one summer in high school, and I, I met this guy. His name was Ed Tickola. <laughs> Isn't that a funny name, Ed Tickola? And I made fun of it. I was pumping a lot of iron, so I thought I was strong and invincible. And we were out one day having lunch, and he started saying something. And I said, Ed, you annoy me. I'm fixing to silence you. I, I know I'm embarrassed to tell you all this, but I did. I, just, I, I was not a believer, didn't claim to be a believer, I just claimed I wanted to shut his mouth. I said, Ed, I'm fixing to take you out. And everybody said, whoa. He said, he stopped me. He's a little bitty skinny guy. I thought, man, he had on combat boots. I went, please, for crying out loud, what is this? Nick, I didn't know you then. I, I, I know they're cool now, okay? And Ed, Ed looks at me. He says, Keith, before I take your head off, I want to tell you something. I said, you a scrappy little boy. He said, I'm a scrappy little boy. I got a third-degree black belt. My dad owns a shop, and he says, but let me show you something. He got a paint can. He set it up on top of the truck. He stood flat-footed. He did a swinging spin kick, knocked that thing off. I'm sitting there watching it. 
and it hit the ground. He goes, you ready? Let's take it on. I said, Ed, you my new best friend, brother. <laughs> Scrappy little man. And I admired him. And after that, I said, they can be big, they can be muscular, they can be skinny. I mean, like, you know, if, if, you, if, if your wife's got a, a brown belt or the martial arts, <laughs> get behind her. Okay. Anyway, but, but, but here's the bottom line. Man, spiritual strength, tapping in. You got an enemy. Have a brave heart. Take it on. Grandpa Caleb, he's strong. Here, here's what I'm really trying to say to us this morning. We got to step into the things that God has for us. We've got to step into, here, here's some practical things today that maybe God's trying to do as we look at this enemy. Maybe he wants you to take a new step of faithfulness, of generosity, of giving, of tithing, of offering up to the Lord. Maybe he wants to take your fear that your fear has you paralyzed and he wants you to offer that completely to him maybe uh he wants you to engage an antagonistic person at work with the gospel of jesus but he wants you to do something in his strength he wants you to make a a dent in the darkness i said earlier peter says god has called us into the marvelous light of his son jesus marvelous light that is gospel light the light of heaven. Jesus is the great light. Jesus said, I am the dark of the world. That's not what he said. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. This fifth step, look at it. Any step of faith takes new territory. You begin to move in and you see there's new ground to take. And, and they wanted to cross over into the promised land. They'd been promised and they wanted to take possession of it. But I'm, the principle here, as I'm thinking about this, is this new territory. I, I love this from John Hagee. Attempt to do something so impossible that unless God is in it, you're doomed for failure. See, I think sometimes we get complacent, we get satisfied, we sit down, and God says, but I've got some impossible things that I want you to see my power at work through my bride, the church. I want to see my power at work through you. And there's some impossible things that you might be able to attempt in the might, in the unity, in the joy, in the strength of the Almighty is that encouraging anybody today but me? God, you've got something for this church to do. I'm not even exactly sure what it is. I know it is to win the loss. I know it's to disciple believers. I know it's to send out and fulfill the Great Commission. But I've still been saying, God, reveal it to us. God, we want to seek you, God. We, 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 need, we need to know what it is, God. You've got a special mission for this church. I, I just believe that. You know the song, I didn't get them to do it today. They, Jeff had so many anointed songs, and we've got another great song coming up. But if we were going to meet till 1 o'clock today, and we're not. Somebody said, praise Jesus. If we did, we would just come back and sing this song. See if you've ever heard the lyrics. I know you have. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith made stronger. In the presence of my Savior, oceans. Every time we sing that song in here, I just go, God, there's something for me to do. This is just me and you right now, Father. This isn't for the church. This is just for me. You, you've got something for me to embrace. You've got more for me, God. And I believe God's got that for you individually, and I believe God's got that for our church. How many of you believe that? The next time we sing this song, I pray you just go, man. I just thought it had a great melody. I just thought it was really powerful. I just like to hear it. No, 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 I want you to believe it. I love that song. But see, some of you are intimidated, and you've been intimidated by the enemy. You've been isolated by the enemy. 
And here's what I've come to say. I got you a third eye. But I'm saying we've come to make infiltration against the enemy in Jesus' name. God, help us to infiltrate Montgomery with a gospel. With a biblical gospel. With a gospel that just believes in conquering. That believes in having a Caleb spirit. So here it is. Any step of faith takes new territory. I love that passage. Thank you, God. And then I want you to move down here. Point six, any step of faith demonstrates that I now follow God wholeheartedly. Six different times in these passages, it's wholehearted, not half-hearted, haphazard, wholehearted commitment to Jesus. Robbie, you call students of that all over the country, don't you, all the time? Wholehearted, sold out. Own your faith, live your faith, let your faith transform your life. You're saying, well, he's a youth evangelist. Yeah, but you're going to tell you what, that's for every believer that's been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Wholehearted, man, sell out, surrender, white flag. Lord, I love it, it says, Caleb followed God fully, literally. He was filled with pursuing. He was after the relentless God. God, I will pursue you as long as you give me breath. God, I want to chase you. You're unending, God. I want you, God. I want more of you, God. You know, somebody said, well, how much of God do you get when you get saved? You get all of him. But does he get all of you? That's pretty good, isn't it? Huh. I'd give somebody credit if I knew who said it. I heard it years ago. I like it. Somebody's like, well, I just want more of God. Are you saved? Yeah, I'm saved. Well, you got all of him. I just want more. Well, you got him. He ain't got all of you, though. Dude, you just left a bunch of it back on the altar. You left a bunch of it back in your teenage years. You, I don't know what it is. You're back in the old land. You're back there wandering. You need to get some new faith. You need to let Christ have more of you. So this morning on the last song, I'm just praying people are going to say, I'm going to give more to Christ. I want him to have all of me. You know, this, this ain't working too good for what, I, what I've signed up for, what I'm doing. And he says, so you look like a Caleb. You have a God-sized dream. Here, here's what I would say. In the midst of an unbelieving culture with dissenting voices, Caleb remained faithful to God. Because he had a genuine faith in Christ, or in the Lord. Christ did not come. Here's in the box, I want you to look. What is your step of faith? What is your step of faith? As Jeremy and the team comes, I'm going to ask Jeremy if he would just play for a minute. I want you to take a couple minutes to ponder and ask the Lord what your step of faith might be. There's some work that Christ wants to do in you this morning, and this is a holy time of response, of responding to his heart, to his love. We talked about being founded on the faithfulness of Christ, being rooted in the promises of God, tapping into the spiritual strength we have in Christ, engaging the enemy because we want to be an assault to the darkness, taking new land, new territory. Oh, God, please let this church take new territory for Christ. And then, then demonstrating wholehearted, full commitment, abandonment to God. God, do that in our hearts today. Lord, give us faith to step out and to trust you for something that we've never seen. Lord, the giants have, have hindered me long enough. But God, I want the victory. I want more of you, but I want you to have all of me. 
I hope and pray this morning, this is getting in your heart, that God is, is, is transforming a moment of faith. Maybe to call upon Jesus to be your Savior and Lord. This morning, I met with, with Daniel. He's going to be baptized this afternoon. Fourth grader. It's awesome. And we talked about Jesus, and he's so excited about following Christ at Robin's Lake this afternoon in baptism. And it might be that some of you today need to follow Christ. That's your next step. You need to follow in baptism today. We're having an outdoor baptism, kind of a Jesus thing, you know, in the River Jordan. I wouldn't call Robin's Lake River Jordan, but it's a Jesus thing. And we're just going to have baptism and celebrate. And we're going to play. It's going to be a great day. Some of you just maybe need to surrender afresh. You've walked away from Christ. He's calling you back. Maybe some of you say, you know what, I'm just holding on to everything. I just need to relinquish control. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I believe that there's steps of faith right now that Christ is wanting for you. So as Jeremy plays, is, is that music just ministers to us for a moment? Allow Christ to speak. Holy Spirit, speak. Show us what the next step is. Each of us has a next step. I want to be like Caleb, God. I want to take the land that you've promised me. A land that flows with milk and honey. A land where you reside and you are, Lord. Have your way today, Lord Jesus, in all the days of my life. God, thank you for this morning, for your presence. It is real and it's alive. Move in this place, mighty God, until you come again. Give me strength to preach the gospel. Give us strength to believe the gospel. Give us joy in living the gospel. 